straight out. <laughs> well, hello everyone and welcome to the dinner table. OMG, I feel like I have a celebrity at my dinner table today. I'm so glad to have my friend Cheryl Vatsmeyer Rios. Mm -hmm. yes. yes, I'm so glad to have you here. And also happy birthday. Thank you. When was your actual birthday? The 19th. So, okay. Just last oh, Wednesday. Are you a cancer? Yes. <laughs> you guys are very like strong and protective and sen but sensitive also. Mm -hmm. And you know how to handle that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed our conversation because I feel like a lot of the things you were telling me um, were just like things I needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm it's really funny how that can happen, right? Mm -hmm. Especially over yeah. food. Oh yeah. 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 And def you're right. It always happens that way. It's a synchronicity. It's, it's like God brings you the people that you need mm -hmm. the most, you know, on the days that you need them the most, you know, mm -hmm. cause actually we were supposed to record it in a week or so and, yeah. and we ended up recording today. And so I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Thanks for inviting me. Did you, uh, so tell me, you went on some ha birthday adventures. What did you, what all did you do? Every day is an adventure. <laughs> in the I life see that. Of Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, I went to Kansas City. Uh -huh. And so I uh, had a conference to go to for the League of Historic, and Historic American Theaters uh -huh. uh, to kind of like professional development, uh -huh. to learn more about like historic theaters, restoration, rehabilitation, yeah. and really to get to know people that have been through the same uh, experience that I'm about to go through. Yeah, and yeah. so it was really good. So she's the executive director and of the, basically the remodeling project mm -hmm. of the, the Ritz theater yes. in downtown Corpus Christi. Yes. Yeah, so CC patch is, um, in charge of the rehabilitation of the Ritz theater downtown. And so I came on board last November. I'm the first paid employee. Mm -hmm. And so they've been working on this project for quite some time and needed someone to really kind of be full time, yeah. uh, to kind of lead that ship. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, when you told me you were doing that, I was like, oh, that's a really good decision. That's <laughs> that that woman will push that stuff through and make it happen. It's yeah. exciting. And you have a good vibe about you. Like, so you and I met with Grow Local South Texas as you were the education director, director at the K Space Art Center. Yes, K Space Contemporary. Yeah. Uh huh. And their contemporary art gallery downtown. Well, everybody knew them as just a gallery, but they're a mm -hmm. nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So one of their components is arts education. Mm -hmm. And so when I came on board, they wanted me to expand um, just the little projects that they had summer camp. So I mm -hmm. jumped in, <laughs> jumped yeah. right into a summer camp with crazy kids. Yeah. And so I did that. And then each year kind of grew off that, partnering with the city, partnering with the shelter, partnering with um, Central Library. Uh, senior centers around town, grow local South Texas. Yes. And the totally help the murals get yes. painted on. So if you, if you live in the region, in the local region and you drive over to, it's now called the keepers of the garden. Tevin Gray is the one that runs it, but it's still got the murals up on the shed and on the fences and yes. everything has got the beautiful rainbow colors. It's so much fun. There's actually a picture of me like painted a, a fairy version of me mm -hmm. painted on the side of one of those walls. So Good. yes, I think it's kind of fun. I love it. Um, I have been a part of the revitalization of creative efforts in downtown Corpus Christi since uh, like 2001. Um, back when there was, I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the group is. There was a group in Monica McLeod Sawyer, mm -hmm. who is the president, president of the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, her and I were in that group all the way back to that. And I think we, we probably didn't know each other super well, but like met each other at an event. And so there was that stuff that happened, the, um, the Dia de los Muertos event mm -hmm. that, we actually, the, um, the group that did, um, water street village okay. and had the creative culture or whatever. And I was an, a student, oh, I was a, 
I was a mom, but so I was a little bit older, but I was a student at the university studying and was studying graphic design and all the things that I studied for my public relations mm -hmm. degree. Um, I was their intern. And so I had a whole project that went towards like one of the first downtown Dia de los Muertos events that nice. happened down there. And so I can pull out like from my, um, uh, portfolio of projects that I did in downtown Corpus Christi, like the program for the very first Dia de los Muertos that was even before K-Space like took on that big project yeah. and turned it into this like amazing, That's you awesome. know, and so the amount of, um, efforts of people doing things in downtown Corpus Christi in order to revitalize mm -hmm. and also, you know, create creative spaces for a community that didn't feel like it had a home right. for creative creativity. Mm -hmm. And, um, Water Street Village was the one little hippie spot. Yeah. We, we talked about it. I think it was last week we talked about it because the Lotus Cup was there and, and that was before the Tango Tea Room mm -hmm. that, you know, became a little bit more known in the community, but that was like the only little hippie village in town. And so when I came home from College Station, I was at the university. That's where I met my ex-husband. And then, uh, we, my son was like, two years old. I think he turned two the year that we came back home so that my parents could help us out a little bit. And he got a job uh, teaching his first job teaching and you don't make any money when, when you're a teacher. Um, you actually work for free yeah. for the first like year of your life, which is so insane. Like, yeah. how does that even make sense? And we were a family with a kid, you know, and the husband mm -hmm. had to work, but he couldn't make any money. Um, so it was just kind of like that strange time in our life. But I went to school at Del Mar and then I would go and hang out at the Lotus Cup and you know, started kind of like infiltrating that creative little vibe. And I always say, so, you know, they tore down that building I down do. there. Yeah, yeah. I was sad when I saw it come down. Yeah. It was, uh, that there was always like a yin yang thing that went on over there. Mm -hmm. Like it was very dark sometimes. There was actually some really dark things that happened there, mm -hmm. but it was also this creative like epicenter where a lot of people that helped to really, mm, like anchor in the mm -hmm. creativity in downtown came from there. You know, the downtown farmer's yes. market started there. I didn't know that. The very first oh, one. Yes, I did know yes, that. The yes. first and then year. It moved over to the art center. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I and enjoyed was, going over there. Yeah. And that yeah. was the thing was that it was like this little, like interesting little epicenter that like birthed creative, you know, things. The drum circles. Uh-huh. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you remember when there was a, they, they had an apart, there's an apartment complex like that stands right Next above. Yes. Yeah. And they didn't like our drum circles. And so we literally went to court and <laughs> I had the drum for a while that they played in court. Like yeah. I actually had it at my home. And so like, those are just good memories. And so when that building came down, I was like, gosh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't of the, 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 there was a lot of people who were like, Oh, tearing down. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, things, things have things to change. change. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that that building hadn't been, that, that structure had not been taken care of for mm -hmm. like 15 years. And that's the reason why the farmer's market left there is uh -huh. because it could, like, we couldn't stay there because it wasn't, it didn't mat, it didn't fit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's not, not that I necessarily want to you know, tear down paradise and turn it into a parking lot, which is apparently what's happening. It's <laughs> becoming a parking lot. Yeah. But you have to understand that there's like, there's gotta be like some other kind of like, I don't know, energetic epicenter. That, so creativity is going to come out of that regardless mm -hmm. of whether it's a parking lot or whether there's actually a little drum circle thing happening down there. Yeah. And there's gotta be, I, I can't imagine that there won't be some kind of like interesting reunions of some kind that all end up happening. And then of course the, um, the Greek Orthodox church does some really cool and interesting things yes, down there too. Do. Yes. So I'm grateful. Their to, festivals are great. 
Yeah. Mm, so fun. Well, do you know what month of the year that is? I can't think November, of it. November, I think. Yeah. Like right around November because then you have the, the Jewish food fest. You've uh-huh. got the Greek food fest. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I'm I'm very <laughs> grateful to be a part of um, the downtown like anchors. Yes. I actually used to go um, with – for Grow Local South Texas, I would go and speak at conferences quite a bit. I got asked to speak at a lot of different things about how a farmer's market has the ability to be the anchor for revitalization, downtown revitalization and stuff like that. And I was like, that's – that is why – Mm-hmm. We started the downtown farmers market. That's why it because thriving. we needed it. We needed something that would continually keep mm-hmm. bringing people to the downtown area, even if it was just this tiny little thing. But just like you know, be a part of that downtown revival. And then of mm-hmm. course, everything has changed down yeah. there, and the murals are amazing, and the art centers are amazing, yes. and everybody's doing such great stuff. And so I'm thankful. Mostly, I'm thankful to the people that have been involved mm-hmm. in that. And now if we get the Ritz. Not when. Not if when. Now, yeah. when we get the Ritz yeah. underway, you'll have that big stuff going on. So Yeah, it's exciting. I love uh, collaborating with the leadership in downtown and just hearing everybody's vision. And everybody mm-hmm. wants something great to happen downtown. And even during COVID, we just kept going. I'm on the mm-hmm. board of directors for the downtown management district. We never stopped yeah. planning and moving forward, even though you know businesses were struggling and we were trying to make it all happen. And you know that was such a weird time, I think, in the whole world's yeah. lives, you know, yeah. like what, what is happening and why? Mm-hmm. Um, but in Corpus, you know, everything came later for us with numbers rising, mm-hmm. um, people getting ill, mm-hmm. um, people shutting down. We didn't experience it like the rest of the United States. And I think probably cause we're a coastal town, mm-hmm. we're out being able to be outside mm-hmm. a lot yeah, and not exactly. have to be inside. Yeah. Our, we don't have extreme weather. Yeah. So yeah. those numbers that were, we're up, not all on top of each other. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just a really, um, strange time to be alive during that pandemic. I never even knew that we could have something like that. I've heard of things like that, but mm-hmm. not to live through it, you know, and then, um, and then to come out on the other side and see that our downtown is still thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are moving to Corpus Christi because it's mm-hmm. a beautiful destination mm-hmm. and industry's coming. So of course that's going to be more people. Um, mm-hmm. but downtown when the Ritz opens up, it's going to activate so much at that end. Um, yeah. downtown, yeah. we have so many great plans for the theater. We're going to do everything, theater, music. Um, we have the ballet approaching us to do performance. We've got yeah. um, the symphony wanting to do maybe chamber music. We're going to do independent films. Of course, we're a nonprofit, so we're going to have arts education yeah. with uh, music, theater, um, dance. So we're we're just excited about the potential. I was over there for the. Um, I think it was called y'all. Y'all called it like love for the oh, the love offering. Yes, yeah. and I loved that. Like mm-hmm. I, I just thought what a great idea, and then you know, people to get up there and just seeing and that, and just be in the space. It was such a great idea. I'm glad that it was you guys such did a, that. Yeah. Monica came up with the idea and mm-hmm. I was just like, let's, yes, let's mm-hmm. do that. It's such mm-hmm. a good vibe. And we're only wanting people to come and talk about, you know, the great things and the great experiences they had had, um, mm-hmm. if they'd had them in the past and create more great experiences, um, for people to come and just have open mic, just sign up if you want to, I don't know, read poetry or, yeah. Seeing or contemporary dance, whatever it was, we had everything up on that stage yeah. that night. It yeah. was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I had a great time. So I'm grateful to be a part of that, and I'm grateful to know you, and I'm grateful for the work that we've done together and had the creative interests that we've had together. And you have a great interest in all different kinds of delicious foods. Mm-hmm. I I know we're going to talk more about travel in a little bit, but I love listening to you and Adam talk about 
some of y'all's travels and all the delicious foods you ate when you're in Slo Slovenia. Slovenia. Mm -hmm. Slovenia. Yes. Where is Slovenia? Slovenia is Eastern Europe. So it's at the top of the boot of Italy under mm -hmm. Austria above uh -huh. Croatia to the left of Hungary. It's tiny. <laughs> so very well. It's a little bitty country. Like yeah. you could get across it probably in five hours. Yeah. So Before. what are some of your favorite foods downtown? Speaking of which, oh, like, downtown? what do you like to go? Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I like Executive Surf Club. Of course, yeah, Johnny everybody Cho's likes. Nachos. Yes. Johnny Cho's. Uh -huh. Yeah, I can always, you know, have that. I like the new kitchen over at Bus, which is delicious. Uh -huh. They've got yeah. great little, um, like, seared black tuna tostadas. They've uh -huh. got crawfish on brioche and all sorts of things. Well, I haven't ventured out to eat out a whole lot because I've been doing this, you know, 120-day mm -hmm. fast, which I'm way past 120 days, and I've been reintroducing things. But I hadn't been really going out to restaurants because I'm just so paranoid about the types of oils they use yep. and – the things that will actually make me sick. And so last night um, I went to eat hibachi with a friend and I just kind of forget like, okay, we're going to get a sushi roll, mm -hmm. right? And we read the, you know, and usually I'm like, um, I don't really eat sushi rolls because they almost always have stuff in them that I can't eat. Mm -hmm. um, but it was clear that he was like, I, you know, he's like, I'm interested in a sushi roll. And so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you know, and we found one and we looked at the ingredients on it. We're like, okay, you know, that'll be fine. And so then when it gets to the table, I take the first bite of it and the sweet chili uh, sauce has mm -hmm. totally got a ton of sugar in it. So I know that's one thing. Yep. And then it had um, it had some crawfish in it that had to have been like like tossed up in some kind of mayonnaise sauce oh, or yes. something like that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. Um, and I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm eating. So I ate a few bites of it. And then I, and, and the thing was that we had just gone to the movies, right? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't eaten popcorn. It's probably been six months since I've eaten popcorn. And everybody on the podcast knows that popcorn was like, I was living on popcorn and chocolate when I finally like had to take control of my diet because mm -hmm. I, that was like the only thing I could eat. And honestly, it was probably the thing that was making me the mm -hmm. most sick was because I was only eating popcorn right. and chocolate, right. but I felt like it was the only thing I could eat. And mm -hmm. so everything else seemed to make me sick. And so I had just decided to eat popcorn at the movie theater. Well, we go up to ask and he's great. He goes, um, what kind of seed, what kind of oils do y'all use? And I'm like, that's pretty brave to ask yeah. that question, you know, and at a movie theater where they're like, the, like mm -hmm. everybody there was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, no. I don't know. <laughs> so finally this, um, the manager comes out and she's like, oh, it's actually coconut oil. And I was like, oh, huh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I eat popcorn, right? But I didn't eat very much because almost immediately it had made me start feeling a little bit like heartburny. Mm -hmm. And we were watching Oppenheimer. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? Not yet, but I went <gasps> It is so good. Yes. It is so good. I won't, I won't share anything right the only thing i would say is is that it's um really long mm -hmm. so get in the most comfortable movie theater with the best seats so okay. that you it's like yeah. three hours long wow. and it's really intense so mm -hmm. it's you know um but it's excellent I, I enjoyed it so much it hit like every one of my like spheres of mm -hmm. interest so we're there I'm, I'm nibbling on this popcorn and then after a while or after we get out of the movies He's like, you know what? I bet it wasn't coconut oil, but it was palm oil. Oh. And I was like, well, that makes sense because mm -hmm. I have heartburn already. Mm -hmm. So I had just had that popcorn and now I'm eating this um, sushi roll that I'm like, I right? So then I'm like, okay, but hibachi is, you know, steak and shrimp mm -hmm. and rice, which I had introduced rice. So I'm okay with that. And then I'm like, giant slabs of butter. I hadn't <laughs> done butter, even though I've done some cheese, you know, so I've done a little bit of dairy. So it was like, and then 
soy sauce all over it, which soy sauce is a big deal still because mm -hmm. it's not gluten-free. It has wheat in it. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting there eating the hibachi and I was just really nervous about, because I just haven't yeah. gone out there. And, and almost every time I go out to eat, in the past, mm -hmm. even during the time that I was on the like super break, I would just go eat like raw oysters and maybe like a salad something or something. You know, yeah, it would it? make me sick. Oh, like gosh. almost every time, it would make mm -hmm. me sick. So um, I was a little bit paranoid, but I did okay last night. Actually, oh, good. I was really impressed. The only thing that even really made me feel a little uncomfortable was actually the the popcorn. Mm -hmm. So now I'll be like, oh, it's kind of sad because I really that's like my favorite I thing is to go to the movie. I love popcorn I in general, mm -hmm. but to go to the movie theater and eat popcorn, yeah. I mean that's like the serious stuff so yeah i love popcorn my mom's a popcorn fanatic and so mm -hmm. every night she has popcorn so i know when i go home to visit my parents uh-huh i'll be having popcorn around 9 30 at night it's like a bedtime snack yeah makes me very happy yeah <laughs> that, that was definitely my thing Do, does she eat microwave popcorn or she like she actually homemade? has this uh she does it all the way so she'll do uh -huh. it in the pot with uh -huh. oil uh -huh. then she's microwave the bags which i don't uh -huh. really care for uh-huh because they're not you know yeah and then she's got this um this pop-up thing you put into the microwave with a lid uh -huh. and you put the popcorn in it, no oil, and it just pops. Uh -huh. So I just like it always. But of course, she does melt the butter yeah. and she puts the salt on it. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. I'm all about it. I love pan popcorn with the butter and the, mm -hmm. all the things. Yeah, so it's good. one of my favorites. So I'll have to figure that out. Maybe I can make my own butter my own popcorn at home yeah. using oil I can handle right. and see if it's the popcorn or the oil that yeah. is the problem. So you and I did another big like deal for me mm -hmm. because I have been introducing the cheese now. I ran across or came into contact with a raw milk cheese that they have at the H-E-B. It was good. Yes. Called Bunker Hill. And you can get it at H-E-B. Mm -hmm. And it got pointed out to me as this is something that might so be good. better for you, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's kind of expensive, but not ridiculously expensive. You have to get it in like the specialty cheese section. Mm -hmm. And apparently, so apparently Portland, I'm learning, has a network of people that are like me too, like serious about mm -hmm. types of cheeses and organic foods and all that kind of, because the, the, the stock is rising. And mm -hmm. when you ask for things, they get it for you. Yes. And so this cheese has become a thing and now they're having to buy more of it. And so it started out apparently where it was just the cheddar and then it was the cheddar and the smoked cheddar. And we actually had Gouda today too. It was so good. So because I've been eating cheese, I went and grabbed us a gluten-free pizza crust and we made pizzas tonight. It was so, so good. I love like the crust. It was good, right? Yeah. And I like all the fresh, fresh vegetables, everything. I love pizza. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. I can eat it all the time. It's like if it, if there's one thing that I have missed in any of this diet stuff, it's pizza. the, it's the, not the cheese, the pizza, mm -hmm. the pizza just, and I, I loved I loved to used to go get a beer and a pizza and like anywhere we would travel, it was always, okay, where can we find mm -hmm. the brick oven, homebrew beer, you know, that's mm -hmm. the place I want to go yeah. get at least one meal from, you know, and then getting into so this good. world. Yeah. This was so good with not, without the tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoyed the the oil that you put together, the basil mm -hmm. and the garlic. Mm -hmm. It was really good. Yeah. And then all the vegetables. So I, I took fresh, brand new, fresh basil and we just mixed it up in some oil with the garlic and... I used some of my Cuban oregano like seasoning. We put that down on the bottom of it. And then we put, uh, yeah, you, eggplant. I had Just you cut up one of our eggplants. Hot peppers. Red onions. Red peppers. or mm -hmm. Bell peppers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some arugula. Yeah. Some Swiss chard from the garden. Yes. And um, and then a layer of the cheddar and gouda, gouda cheese on top. 
And, and it wasn't greasy either. The cheese wasn't real greasy. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I Thank did. You. Yeah. And then not, made ourselves a nice little salad um, with the stuff from the farm, but also like our greens and then the red wine vinegar. Mm-hmm. And you got so- to drink the, the farm oh, wine. the farm wine was delicious. You liked it? I did. Okay, good. Yeah. That's um, – so you, you you kept saying, what does it taste like? What, what, so what did, like, what did you like come up ber- with? like berries. Yeah. Like I'm tasting berries. Mm-hmm. Blackberries was, is the blend. It was a little tart, but sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was different. It's a different kind of wine. It's not like anything you'd get at the store. Yeah. It's a farm wine. And also, it doesn't have all the preservative things they put in it when they have to mm-hmm. ship wine or get wine to ferment faster or whatever the things mm-hmm. they use those different chemicals for, for wine. And so it's really clean. Um, and it's a homebrew, which we talked about last week on the podcast about making your own because mm-hmm. – for two weeks in a row, I had people come on to talk about mead. And last week, we talked about the um, beekeepers making their own mead. Mm-hmm. And so you've got people now that really can make their own um, brews of different kind. And so, you know me, I'm in the whole mm-hmm. like, when the world ends, are we going to have our are we going to have our own wine? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can I? Yeah, have, you know how to make it. <laughs> okay, exactly. I can make my. We've got wine. We've got mead. We've got you know all of the things. So I'm enjoying that part of it. So that was a good meal. I'm excited um, that, and it was super simple and um, was happy to be able to, mostly we could spend yeah. a lot of time talking because we were just like making pizzas, you know, Yeah, that was fun. Well, that's the, like the best part of getting together and making a meal and sitting and eating. You just talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it won't even have one related topic. You'd like, we can jump to one uh-huh. topic to another and like, oh, I have this to say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we just kind of move forward with that. Yeah. yeah I think in one, in, in one conversation, I jumped from like, something about the dog, like then there was like a me too conversation and then back to like something about like wine or I don't even yeah. know, like these crazy and it, and, it, and it, the conversation went all over the place, it which was. I love that. That's yeah. the, the little bit of like chasing the rabbit, which is, that's what the podcast is about. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the dinner table talks. That's the idea. It's like you come to a place where it's safe to talk mm-hmm. and you talk to your friends and on a podcast in a public scenario, you might not share all of the secrets, but you can share the general subject and there's always interesting things. And having new people come out to the dinner table is always fun because I never know exactly where it's going to end up going or what Mm -hmm. rabbit we're going to chase or, but it's been surprising to me how different each person is and what they bring to the table. And I'm enjoying that. Of course, if anything comes up at the dinner table, then the things that you and I are like, closest related to in our ongoing conversations, um, it's going to come up at the dinner table. And I was really grateful to have you because I feel like you're a close friend Mm -hmm. and, um, that part of what I've been dealing with Mm -hmm. has been like probably the most challenging is that when I finally get a chance to like meet up with a good friend that I haven't seen Mm -hmm. since kind of the process has started, then you kind of have to go through it all again, you know? And, and I feel like I need to go through it all again because it's part of my processing Mm -hmm. and, um, my grief is very different than the grief you have recently Mm -hmm. dealt with, but it's grief. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I feel like that's a part of us coming together at the dinner table today. That's been so helpful, hopefully to you and, and, and also helpful to me too, is the idea of like how we each individually process the Mm -hmm. grief that we're dealing with. I think everybody's different. I think, um, Mm -hmm. there's no right way of, you know, facing something that's been traumatic. And, you know, you know that I lost my husband mm-hmm. oh, three, three years ago, three and a half years ago. 
and it was, you know, it was difficult. I never, mm-hmm. I felt like my life got hijacked. And mm-hmm. so when that happens and you've got all these dreams and, mm-hmm. and things that you want to do and your plans, you know, we always say don't make plans, but yeah. we make plans because yeah. that's what helps us look forward to the future. Yep. And so when the, all of a sudden you have to pivot and do something else with your life and figure mm-hmm. out like what that next best um, move is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's a challenge. And that's what I had dealt with, with Chuck, but you know, with travel, um, I was telling you on your adventure that you're mm-hmm. about to take. Yeah. So you guys remember <laughs> that I'm about to be in on this long road trip, solo car thing all yeah. across the country. So yeah, I packed yeah. up with my dog and I took off and I was, you know, kind of three days before it was supposed to happen. I was ready to kind of bail and unpack my car, uh-huh. but my girlfriends were like, no, you need to do it. Go, go. It's not, it's all right. You know, it's okay to be scared right? Because yeah. we don't know what's yeah. going to happen in the future. We don't know what's going to happen in our trips. We don't We don't know. But I think for me, I've always been kind of adventurous. I left home when I was 18. Uh-huh. Um, I moved to New York City when I was 19 uh-huh. and then came back when I was 26 to Texas. And um, I've always had that just let's go and find out things. And so I wasn't really scared that I was going to be traveling by myself. It was more, I was going to be by myself, you know, and taking my dog when for 20 something years I'd been used to traveling with my husband. Yeah. And so, um, it was really an eye opener for me. I got to learn who I am Mm -hmm. and who I, what my dreams were for me and to really focus on just me, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't really done, which is a normal thing. You're married, you have kids and Mm -hmm. you focus on your family unit. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not the case when your other half is gone. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and everybody's different with how they process, I decided to take off and go on however many days or months or whatever it was going to take to go. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took off to West Texas and took a trip with my dog and ended up in Marfa and then mm-hmm. for a few days and then went to Rio Dosa and stayed there for a few days and ended up in the desert of Santa and south of Santa Fe mm-hmm. and stayed there for about three and a half weeks and decided, nope, I don't want to go home yet. Yeah. So I went to Colorado and I just went. I didn't have anything driving me back to be back home or anything, nothing yeah. important to do. Yeah. And so um, I did that. And then I took about 10 days to get back to Texas and I went and stayed with my mom and dad. And I would say I was gone for two and a half months mm-hmm. away from my place. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I got to know Cheryl. Yeah. And yeah. that was a scary thing, but exciting. Yeah. And to know that I'm okay. And Whatever it has been that I've ever, ever gone through, whether it was as a child or mm-hmm. losing my husband, that life is going to be fine mm-hmm. and I'm not going to not move forward. I never say, you know, we move on mm-hmm. from things, but mm-hmm. we move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't ever say I'm going to let that go. You know, I grieve every day. If I think of him, I right. think of him. And, yeah. you know, I talk to my children and I think of him. I right. see things. I smell things. I hear a song. I think of him. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of the way I handle it. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah. I appreciated a, a couple of things. Like one of them was that right away you said that three days before your trip, you were like ready to bail. I was so scared. And I was like, okay, this, there's so many reasons why you coming here today mm-hmm. was such a big part of it mm-hmm. for me. It like has to have been like a godsend thing because I, I have that feeling like, oh my God. And I, and I won't bail because there's been some, I'm one of those people that it's like, there's been some investment in me. And if there's been some investment in me and I've told the world that I'm going, so I, so I'm going to have to go, but I have this like sense inside of me. That's mm-hmm. like, you can't do this. This is like, you're going to, you're going to, this is too much. It's too mm-hmm. scary. But I've also had, my mom says, since I was, you know, like a kid, since I was like 13 or whatever, that I've always had this desire to be on the road. You know, so there's a part of me that's spent my entire adult life, like reaching for this moment of having this time 
But then also the things that you talked about, about healing Mm -hmm. on the road. And I can't tell you the number of women actually that I've talked to that are like, this road trip is going to be so healing for you Mm -hmm. and you can do anything you want to do and you can pull off on the side of the road and you can drink when you want to drink or you can Mm -hmm. stop when you want to stop and you can just, you know, do what you want to do. And that's what I did. Yeah. I just went and I just kind of took things as they came each day. And during that time it was COVID. So it was Mm -hmm. all self-check-in everywhere. So it was limited, limited contact with people. Uh, So I did a lot of drawing. I sketched. I did a lot of sleeping, did a lot of walking. That was part of the traveling. I did a lot of thinking. I Mm -hmm. did a lot of just like brain rehab, you know, just really healing. That's what it was. And I can't even explain like the pivotal moment during that time where I felt like I was going to be okay because there were days and days and days and days and days of crying and not sure and the uncertainty and then it'd be fine. And then all of a sudden it peeked back in that uncertainty and the fear. And I'm like, I have nothing to be afraid of, especially now. People, you know, ask me like, how how do you do the things you do? I'm like, because I'm not afraid to do it. I've been through hell. And I'm back. I came back from it. And, um, you know, it's, I keep myself and I always have kept myself open to new experiences and like what life has to offer. And for instance, I'm remarried (laughs) to someone really amazing. And I never expected that to happen. I just figured, number one, who's going to want to be with a widow? Right. You know, yeah. that's, there's a stigma to that. Yeah. Who's going to want to be with a 44-year-old woman that's already been through two two big breakups? That's yeah. my... See? I mean, there's these things <laughs> that creep failed. in our head, right? Yeah. I was like, you know, people, you know, you can see people's faces that appreciate, hey, she's being honest about it. Or you see yeah. people like, oh gosh, I don't have anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of information to take in for someone that's yeah. not walked through those, in those shoes. And yeah. so I've got to appreciate that fact as well. Um but yeah, life has taken a really beautiful turn mm-hmm. and I, you know, it was very unexpected and I found someone I want to spend my life with. And so we decided to get married after 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of people thought, oh, it's too soon. I'm like, it's not, it's not too soon. It's, it's the perfect it's not timing. not too soon actually. for me. Yeah. Right, not for me. It was yeah. perfect timing. And um, I think you know, that's huge mm-hmm. in us as women owning what's right for us. Mm-hmm. And really, um, I was telling you early at the table, that I don't think I know how to say no. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a huge part of my, um, and let's just be honest, my sexuality. Yeah. I think it's going to be a huge part of, I, I was talking to you about, I remember you called me, um, short, right after I'd left grow local and moved to the farm and everything. And I, I use the word, like I was a little bit aggressive and saying, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to like participate yeah. in anything, but I think it's because I'm learning how to say no mm-hmm. for the first time in my life. Yes. And it's been weird because I'm such a strong personality and I never saw myself as like a people pleaser or, but I, I definitely am one of those people that is trying to make all my people, my family and everybody just you know, like, I don't want to cause any confrontation. Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be any whatever. And so I've allowed myself to, for things to happen Mm -hmm. or where I just didn't say no. And I think that there's an element of this freedom that I needed so badly Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I get to choose where I go, what direction I go. Um, you know, what's the next steps in my Mm -hmm. life? This is a big moment for me. And I'm, and I'm hearing a lot of like positive things from prayer, from Mm -hmm. people that love me, from friends about, you know, time to heal and do what you want and say no, if you want and say yes, if you want, and that you've got what's coming for you. You have no idea, but it's, it's, I just like, people look at me. I wish I could, 
I wish I could see what other people see in me, mm-hmm. right? Because I hear the words people saying to me, of course, the, they look at me and they're like, we're so proud of you. And can you imagine the amazing things that you've done? And how can you not see what we mm-hmm. see? And, you know, and you're so capable and here I'm over here like, please, would you just let me be a victim for a minute? Yeah. Like, I just want to cry and like, <laughs> to quit telling me how awesome I am, you know, which that's not what I want. You know, I want to like be, begin to mm-hmm. own myself. But I think that that's because there's a little bit of inauthenticity in the idea that I've said yes for so many years to things I really wanted to say no to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like learning how to own that at yeah. this Finals, not final, but at this big stage and the midlife crisis, I guess. (laughs) Maybe I don't. I don't know what we would call it, but I think there's um, power in being able to understand that we have a choice with what we want to engage in, or um, being able to say yes or no, or you know, I've had to tell people with certain behaviors that they can't be around me anymore, Mm -hmm. and because you know, I I don't need to be around it. I'm sorry that that has to be like that because I, I really enjoy to have a healthy relationship with someone, but sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people have opinions. Why well, do you know, I don't need your opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for an opinion unless you hear me ask for an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's just something we learn from our experiences, um, figuring out who we are, what we're going to allow our life to do and how it's going to morph into what it is that we're trying to make happen. Right. I think one of the things I'm trying to process a little bit, and, and you might understand that, especially with having a, a background in like modeling and mm-hmm. having that, uh, um, is this a uh, public persona uh, mm-hmm. that people know you and mm-hmm. they don't really know you, but they think right. they know you. Yeah. And then they're giving you your their opinion about about <laughs> you, and you're yeah. like, I didn't really ask you for your opinion, but you're yeah. like, but they feel like an ownership because you put it out publicly that they have the right to give to you their that. opinion mm-hmm. about you. Yes. And I think I honestly believe that there's an element of of a block or maybe a veil or a barrier or something to my success mm-hmm. that has to do with my fear mm-hmm. of what other people think about me um, while I put everything out about myself, you know, like, right. and yeah. I'm afraid of what the next thing is that's going to come at me. And, and it yeah. does, it comes at me, you know, I, this TikTok uh, video go viral and the, the, the TikTok video that go viral was a, me talking about shaving myself, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and it's like, wildly ridiculously inappropriate joke you know and it went viral (laughs) and then all these men were saying all of these like things and it's like you got to learn Aislinn this is like a learning opportunity for you to just be like you make jokes and you're public and those people think they can say whatever they want to say and like like you like you said you're like I don't need your opinion I don't really it doesn't even it honestly doesn't even affect me just I'm doing what I want to do with myself Yes. So there's nothing wrong with that. I think mm-hmm. that we don't have to have approval from others. I think that number one, I'm old enough to make decisions about what I want to happen in my life. And, um, you know, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. I don't need someone to be critic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, I'll be my, myself. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, I'm already my best critic. I've already told myself all of the things yeah. I've already told myself 10 times, all of the things that you're telling me right yeah. now, by the way, uh-huh. I'm, I'm very capable of, <laughs> right. of criticizing myself or taking responsibility for my own bad behaviors, you know, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that it's, um, it's, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, I imagine that I don't have really any plans outside of Michigan with my friend Tommy. Um, I, I have like places I'm staying because it's, it's safe to make sure you have a place to sure. like park your car. And I have certain friends that I'm going to be staying the night with along the road. Um, but the only like tourism type thing that I have on my map 
is um, I'm stopping at Baker Creek Heirloom in Missouri because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm Aislinn and yeah. duh, <laughs> I'm going to be driving along. So, yeah. so I'm going to stop there. But so I imagine that I'm going to do a lot of walking and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just seeing and looking. And I can tell you that in 2019 was when I, um, uh, that was when I retired from Girl Local. Mm-hmm. And I also was dealing with some health issues and that road trip with my parents which they're up in the front of the car chattering right. and I'm not really involved in the conversation. I'm sitting in the back, just looking out the window. And that was a big changing moment in my life when it's like, I knew I had to make some big changes. My health was, uh, was we- being weird. And then I, when I got home, that's when I started having major symptoms of mm-hmm. thyroid issues. Um, I left grow local. I knew that there was some things going on with my relationship that I just, that they didn't feel right and mm-hmm. felt like there was probably change that I didn't want right three years down the road, you know, right. whatever, but I could feel it, you know? And so I think that that trip, just the sitting in the car and driving and looking at Kentucky and looking mm-hmm. at Tennessee and looking at Indiana and looking and just looking at everything is a part of what helps me process things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so too. I think, you know, it probably was really great not having to drive, right? Yes. You could just be a passenger and not worry about it. Just you're there. Yeah. And you didn't have to talk if you didn't want to talk. You can engage if you didn't want to, but really ultimately I love being with my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds like you did too on that trip because they let you be just in the back and they had Uh their own little thing going Uh on, but you're just there in the midst of it. I like that when I'm with my mom and dad, I can just be me and I can let all of all these personas down. Yep. Whoever it is that thinks people think that they know Cheryl is yep. not who I really am with my mom and dad. Yeah. And I always yeah. just, I go home, I don't have makeup on. Uh-huh. I might wait to take my shower till midday. Um, I go out and hang out in the yard with my bare feet and, you know, uh-huh. watch the chickens and yeah. do a bonfire. I don't, it just whatever. And if I want to yeah. come in and have food, I just go in and I open up the refrigerator like it's a big buffet. Uh-huh. And I just, <laughs> and yes. that's the fun, that's what I enjoyed about being with my mom and dad mm-hmm. is that I'm allowed to have that, um, about that time. I just can have that time. I can tell you that over the last, it's been more than three months. It's, it's been more than since the breakup, but like even before that, I remember that when I was a kid, anytime I would get in trouble or somebody was mean to me at school or anything like that, I would always go and sit on the bed with my parents and both of my parents mm-hmm. would be in the room and I would be on the, like sitting on their bed, on their big old king size mm-hmm. bed, crying and crying and telling them things and they would just be talking things out with me and they would be telling me what they thought about it and I would be telling them what I thought about it and that's what it's felt like over the last like six to eight months of my life Mm -hmm. it's just like and my parents were like she needs help like she needs help this we can see the 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 13 year old in her like just sitting on the bed crying Mm -hmm. and not well you know and 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 needing some advice and needing some some guidance and some help with what's going on Mm -hmm. and um and so yeah I, i and and that trip actually they, they, they invited me to go with them on that trip because they knew how bad I needed it. And mm-hmm. they know like how I am about getting away. If yeah. I can get away, like that was always the way I handled, and maybe you do too, mm-hmm. how we handle the pressure of being leaders that create big, innovative things mm-hmm. and sustain and maintain and take on projects that no yes. one else would take on right. because they're, 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 they're destined for failure. <laughs> I mean, like, Grow local, the farmer's market, everybody's like, is that really going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is that really going to happen? And the only way you can do that is by going away 
And keep depressing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge part of it. But I also have been really healthy when I go away to not, I'm not one of those people that like I'm on vacation and now I have to go home. That's never how I feel Mm -hmm. about it. When it's time to come home, I'm ready to come home. Yes. I go to that place and I take in everything they have for me. And then I come home Mm -hmm. and I bring all that stuff with me because Mm -hmm. I think that I have, I think that part of my travel I never think I do anything just for myself ever. Mm -hmm. I think I do it for the universe. I think I do it for my community. When I, back years ago with the creative class of development of Corpus Christi downtown, it was always a focus on, I did it for my kids and my community, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That was, you know, bring that energy home from, now I understand it's much bigger than that. Like Mm -hmm. it's universal bringing it home. Yes. But um, I think that that's a part of, uh, I think that's why God has grounded me here Mm -hmm. to a degree and, and, I don't know whether I'll ever be released necessarily mm-hmm. from here, but I have to wander. Right. Oh, it's to. so good to go and experience other places. I think that's what has really kind of created who I am. I love all people and I love mm-hmm. going into communities and meeting locals. And mm-hmm. then I like running into strangers that are visiting from yes. another state. We end up in another state together, right? So someone from California and I'm from Texas, we end yeah. up in New Mexico, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, I love my home. And when I had this transition in my life with the loss of Chuck, everybody was like, are you going to move? Are you mm-hmm. going to leave yeah. Corpus Christi? And yeah. I'm like, I really thought about it. I'm like, actually, yeah. no, I'm not going to leave. My friends are here. Yeah. And 27 years worth of friendship, I can't just pick up and go and find that somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could. Yeah. Like, I'm already talking about with Adam that I want to like move to South America at some point. Yeah. You know, I'll leave my friends, but I know it's not permanent, right? So right. I'm not going to leave and sell and be gone and not ever have these people in my life. I, I want them to always be in my life. Mm-hmm. And really, ultimately, like anything that I do... I want to make a positive impact on my friends and Mm -hmm. I want to make a positive impact on the community that really has built this place for me that I enjoy. I love the water. I love being on the coast. I love the climate. I love the culture. Mm -hmm. The culture is so different than what I grew up with. Uh I find it really beautiful and amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you grow up in Houston? I grew up in Katy, which is outside of Houston. At the time, it wasn't part of Houston. It was just its own little rice town Mm -hmm. back in the 80s. And so I moved there when I was 76, graduated 88, left in 89, and was gone. And so Mm -hmm. that was just what I did. And I really didn't – I left because I felt I needed more. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people stayed Mm -hmm. in that town, and so – which is fine. But I had to go, and I knew I would never go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love Corpus. (laughs) Well, I – really thought that was my direction of life actually was to leave and go to New York and, um, and to model, but I wasn't tall enough. I had grand delusions. Um, (laughs) but, um, and I had the opportunity to go, but I ended up, I mean, it's, it's almost like the same thing about the trip. It's like when it came time to go, I stayed home. Mm-hmm. I didn't stay home. I went to Texas A&M university and mm-hmm. college station, but that was home. Right. You know? Texas. And so now it's like, are you going to go? Like, that's honestly, that's what this trip, like when it, when I got asked, you know, are you going to, I don't know if it's safe enough for, I don't know if it's safe for you to go on this trip, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I was just like, I'm going to go. I Mm -hmm. have to go. I have to go. It's time for me to buck up and go do the thing you've been talking about doing your entire since you were yeah. out of the house and ready to be an adult. This is what you've been talking about. I doing. think it's going to be on. amazing. I yeah. think you're going to just find another part of Aislinn that you have been waiting to find. It'll be a nice surprise for you, I think. Please, God. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, you manifest it. <laughs> 
Okay. Give us the details about how we can get involved with the Ritz okay. or anything yeah. that you want us to know about. Well, we're going to be very busy over the next few years getting us uh, in order to be able to uh, do what we're going to do when we open the doors. So you can find us at ccritz.com. Mm-hmm. That's the website for the Ritz Theater. And you can find out there our next events. We're always going to be having fundraisers, I would say. We will always be having yeah, of course. And so um, people can volunteer. We're actually recruiting volunteers now. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants to get involved with like uh, greeting or being a part of our events, you're more than mm-hmm. welcome to uh, sign up and, and be involved. And we are taking donations. Any amount of money will help. We're working on grants. Uh, the community is such an intricate part of the theater. Yeah. Um, it's, I have conversations about with people that have never been to the theater and then some that have been there and experienced it from like, 1960s to Mm -hmm. 89 when it closed down. And I really love this story. So if you have a story about the Ritz and you happen to hear me saying this now, please submit your story Uh online at ccritz.com because we're going to archive it. It's going to be a part of uh, our history and people want to know and hear these stories in our community. So Mm -hmm. this theater is not about me or our board. It's really Mm -hmm. about leaving Mm -hmm. a legacy. Mm -hmm. And um, when we're gone, that theater will be open and being available to our community. So I always call it the People's Theater. It's really an amazing theater inside. It's beautiful. It's it's overwhelming at mm-hmm. how that beauty um, became something that got yes. just let go of, you know? Yeah, well, that, we had such a transition in Corpus, and mm-hmm. really all cities did. Yeah. And so if you look at any historic theater, I would say really any mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. have gone through a time of where they were kind of failing, yeah. um, if not shut down, and if not scraped and taken away, yeah. like demol- demolition, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel that now we're having this resurgence about community centers and city mm-hmm. centers and this is one of the only, historic buildings. It's a historic and, yeah. building, and mm-hmm. it's one of the only ones left. And yeah. really, the only the center theater down the street is there. But I don't know if that's going to be rehabilitated. The center theater is where we held the Dia de los Muertos event um, two the years. First time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was at the center theater. That's the last mm-hmm. time I've been in that building. But yeah. the center theater was nowhere near as gorgeous as what the Ritz yeah. is. You the know, Ritz the is Ritz special. Is- very special. So um, if you've been to the Majestic Theater, Uh that's really the way it will look except on a smaller scale Uh um, of how the Ritz will be. One time I went, I I worked in ice cream for like a hot second. Um, There was a little ice cream shop in Corpus Christi, kind of a homemade. They did these special bar things. I don't know. And they sent me off to Mm Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and I met all these people. And I met this woman that had revitalized a, a movie theater, same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. But of course, they're now, you know, they're a decade ahead of, you sure. know, or 15 years ahead of where we are. Um, and part of the reason they were there was because one of their products that they had in there was ice cream. And so it was like all these people that sold ice cream, but mm-hmm. then she had. You know, and I think she must have gotten up and spoke at the conference because mm-hmm. it's that it's clicked into my brain that much. It must have been, but she was somebody that I kind of hung around with during the the time right. that I was there. And I remember thinking, like, gosh, you know, it was during that time when I was beginning to understand that Corpus Christi, or that not beginning, but I had been a part of and like was interested mm-hmm. in beginning to understand that Corpus Christi needed some really good, you know, revitalization things yes. going on down there. And it's so, so pretty, yeah. It is. This is beautiful. We're one of only, um, I would say, five or six cities on the coast of the United States that have a marina that you mm-hmm. get off a boat and walk into the downtown area. Mm-hmm. I mean, we that's what we have to grow off of and, yeah. and really build off like what we have going on down there. It's it's great. We have so much. And I, yeah, I, I even, even like the coastal breeze. Yes. You know, the thing I'm like, every time I hear us complain, you know, like, 
when we end up complaining about the wind is when we're like trying to have a birthday party outside. (laughs) Everything's blown away. And he's like, ah, the wind, you know, whatever. But um, over the years, I have become one of those people that never complains about the coastal breeze because it it is, we're five to 10 degrees cooler down here than it is in other parts of Texas right right now. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful for our breeze. It's so nice. Right now, once the sun goes down now, even though it's like a hundred degrees, it's nice outside. The breeze is going, it's low eighties. And then that's, uh-huh. just fine. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I never want to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure that part out at yes. this stage in my life, how I, and I know that sounds strange because I've got like my home and the farm yeah. and all of that kind of stuff, but I like, I have to figure out how to make it work for mm-hmm. me now at this phase of life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the timing of this trip, hopefully I'll have figured some things out mm-hmm. and also kind of spreading out to the world that like, I might need to add like a, um, a remote job to my life. You know, I might yeah. need to add some other income for a little while to my life. So if anybody knows of anything that they think would be awesome for Aislinn to be involved sure. in, you gave me a, a couple of ideas. Yeah. And, and so trying to find, yeah, to find yeah. myself because the thing is, is that everything that's happening out here at the farm, the podcast, my online influencer stuff, all of it is, is, is not just a little increase. It's mm-hmm. growing very fast, mm-hmm. but is it growing fast enough for me to keep up with the fact that I don't have that extra income that I yeah. was helping to keep me on mm-hmm. track and keep going. And so, and, but, but I will also tell you that I'm in a position with even finances and having a home and all that, that many people dream to be in their mm-hmm. entire life. So maybe I just need to chill out mm-hmm. and just be okay and trust Mm -hmm. that I have made good decisions in my life Mm -hmm. and that those are going to lead to what I need to lead to. And that being here in Corpus Christi is a part of what God intended for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, but I think I'll figure that out. I think that that's a part of this trip. Hopefully I think that's where I am in this phase of my life and being willing to be led by faith is really all I can do at this point. Yeah, that's what you can do. And it's going to give you time to think and figure things out, write things down, and just really meditate it and focus. Yeah. Like what's the best next step for Aislinn? Exactly. (laughs) Okay, I drew a random question. You guys know we do that at the end of every uh, dinner table talk. And I'm going to ask you first. So, Okay. okay, let's see what we ended up with here today. Which of your ancestors would you most like to meet? Ooh, to meet like to, that, but that are gone, I would like to see again. Mm-hmm. I'd probably would like to see my grandmother, actually, yeah. both of my grandmothers. I, they really taught me so much. My mom's mm-hmm. mom raised nine children, mm-hmm. and then my dad's mom raised two boys, and she was single doing it. So, um, I would love to sit with them and talk to them about the accomplishments I've that. made. Yeah. And they've they were so strong. They, I, I can't imagine raising nine children, number one, back right, in, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, over a span of time, uh, these babies. And then um, along with that comes financial struggles and to like know how that Here I am complaining about my stuff. (laughs) Like what do I have to complain about really, you know? Yeah. 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 And then my grandmother, my, my, I called her grandma Mm -hmm. and my mom's mom was Mima. But I would talk to my grandmother about um, just where and what I've done with my life. And she... I think back in her generation, we were expected to be more of like administrative and, you know, be at home with our children and our families and to raise children. Um, but she showed me something different that she could work. She worked for Kelly Air Force Base for a long time because she was single and um, she wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And so I really gained a lot of, I think, my strength from her and then watching my mom, of course, which she learned from mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really love to sit with both of them again. 
Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of women in my life that I would like to sit with again, but my dad's dad died when my dad was 21. He had a heart attack, Mm -hmm. actually had a heart attack in my dad's hands. Um, and so that's a little bit of the history of our family. My uh, dad's life changed very drastically at speaking of not expecting that and whatever, maybe dreams or whatever mm-hmm. he had, the, that all changed. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad were just brand new married when he passed. And then my grandmother, that was one of the strength women that I grew mm-hmm. up with, um, had to find her own way, you know, um, and married the grandfather that I grew up with. But I think his name was Jesse Jameson. Mm-hmm. And I think that my stream, my personal stream, my body type, my, um, the way I think, uh, comes from that, my dad's family stream really strongly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that I, I get this feeling, Jesse was the port director of Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad said that he was very aggressive. It's probably why he had a heart attack because Mm -hmm. he was very like kind of angry, Uh intense and just Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever. But, um, I think that that's who I would want to meet. And I think that what would be interesting about it is, is that I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm grand and, and we've never met and he's already seen the light Mm -hmm. and to be able to like sit down with him now, like, and sometimes I feel like I'm already there. Like I'm already having some conversations. I definitely feel like I have conversations with my grandmothers because Mm -hmm. I knew them. Right. Mm -hmm. So this one is interesting because I think that there's a lot of wounding there. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, um, and I think that some of that wounding is some of the wounding that I deal with, Mm -hmm. um, that has even, and so I don't know, there's just something about thinking that I never met him and that I'd be curious to know like what he would tell me now as his granddaughter, because I wouldn't be his kid, you know, I'm I'd be his grandbaby that he Mm -hmm. never met. And, um, now I'm going to cry about it because (laughs) I think that it's such an interesting, uh, thing. Um, I also have another really interesting family member that I never met. Um, my, was it his aunt? Uh, so my, my mom's dad, my mom was born in Maine. That's why we made that big trip across the country mm-hmm. in 2019. Um, it's cause she was closing up some family, um, inheritance stuff. And my mom's dad was born in Maine and apparently he kind of ran the streets as a fairly young kid. Cause I think that the way his life turned out or whatever, I think his aunt maybe raised him. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was like, um, a wrestler, like a female wrestler. And that would have been like in the twenties or thirties or whatever, like I don't know, thirties, I guess way back then. And I have a piece of cloth that my, um, my grandmother, Lori gave me that was like her cloth that she hung on to forever. And it's this like metallic cloth. I don't even know. Uh, It's amazing to me that it's still in any good condition, but apparently she had it. Maybe she had it when she was aging or whatever. Um, but, but there's pictures of her like holding up like big old barbells and like (laughs) interesting, like, so a wrestler. So if you think about the women that I've like come through in life and the men for that matter that I've come through in life, it's been these like, like crazy, eccentric, interesting, you know, people. And I think that I'm learning to just recognize the threads of me that still continue to carry the legacies of what they wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I, I want to meet Jesse is because I think that I carry some legacy for him and that, mm-hmm. and that has meant a lot to me. Um, and so I need to remember those kinds of things when I'm really getting down on yeah. myself, you know, it's important that those, that those ancestors, those threads, they're watching me right now. And mm-hmm. they're like, you got this. Yeah. You got this. 
Totally. So thank you so much. So, so much for coming and having dinner with me tonight. I can't tell you how much it meant to me to just be able to sit across the table from you and have an easygoing private, but also public conversation yes. at the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. You're I welcome. love you. I love you too. <laughs> See you guys soon. I love you guys. Uh, you guys always know the drill. If you want to support the podcast, dinnertabletalks.com right at the top where it says show notes. You can say support the podcast, throw a few bucks at me. I promise you that helps my life. Um, and of course, if you're hearing this on YouTube, please subscribe to my channel. Let's get that YouTube up to a thousand likes so I can start monetizing that as well. And all of these things just help me continue to keep um, moving in the direction of doing what I think is the right thing um, for me to do today. And each day as I learn more about what the right thing for me to do mm -hmm. is. Thanks, you guys. I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.